Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So I don't know about you, but when I make a decision, I always try to have as much information as I possibly can so that I can make a deformed or informed decision. Now, when I'm making the decision for me, that's pretty easy because I can say, you know, I prefer this. These are my preferences. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I like. So really, I am the best person to make a decision for me because if you, Connor, were to make a decision for me, not knowing all my favorite likes or my dislikes or all those things, you really couldn't make an accurate decision for me. Do you think that's fair to say? Uh, I, I think that's fair to say, yeah. Okay, well, let me kind of expand what, why I bring this up. It's funny to me that a lot of governments think that they can control or they can plan economies, but it's silly because they don't have the knowledge, right? We talked in a previous episode about how we are the economy, that the interactions we do with each other, you know, commerce, exchanging money for a good or service, that is the economy. Now, the government thinking they can plan or they can control it, that would mean that they would have to know what each of us wants, what each of us is thinking at all times, and that is just impossible. In fact, it's what economist F.A. Hyatt called the knowledge problem. So what are your thoughts on that, Connor? I, I think that uh, makes a lot of sense because I think about how I feel when other people try and boss me around or or even give me recommendations like, hey, I think you'll like this restaurant. And then I go to the restaurant. I'm like, you hate it. <laughs> yeah, why did they think I would like this? And so those people don't know me as well as I know myself. They're, they're well-meaning, right? They're trying to be helpful or or whatever, but it just shows that uh, they lack all the knowledge, you know, even like gift giving, right? You might get a gift and the other person is trying their best based on the limited knowledge that they have to be like, oh, I think he'd like this, right? Uh, but those decisions, sometimes you get that gift and you kind of smile and you're like, thanks. And then you sell it on eBay. Um, <laughs> that happened to me in my office last year. We did a gift exchange and you could tell, I won't, I won't say who the person was, did not do any research on me at all. Got me something I would never use. And you just kind of smile and say, thank you. <laughs> and we will link to that person's profile <laughs> on our show notes page. I'm so, but you know, again, these are fun examples where people are well-meaning. They're trying to you know, give a recommendation you'll like. They're trying to give a gift you'll enjoy, but they, they don't have enough knowledge about you. Um, and so, you know, making those decisions is hard. This is an interesting question, Brittany. To th I know we're going to get into kind of the government in a moment, but to think about in the context of parents and children. Ooh. Um, because, you know, sometimes the parents know better than the child about the child because, you know, especially during the first several years, kids aren't really self-aware. Um, whereas the parent has had a lot more knowledge about that child's interests and their behaviors and things like that. So I think like for the first while, maybe until like, you know, the early teens, the parent actually has the best knowledge about the child um, because that includes kind of, you know, those early years and, and things like that where the kid, uh, their you know brains aren't fully developed. Maybe they're not uh, self-aware. Of course, all the kids listening are now are like, I'm self-aware. <laughs> if I were to tell my son this, he'd be like, I know myself better than you do. Um, but then as you get to be like maybe preteen and certainly teen, you know, that the kids are starting to have a lot of their own experiences outside of the home. They're developing interests that the parents either don't understand or don't care about or don't know about. Um, and so then the kids start to have more knowledge about their own lives and that starts to shift where they they start to be the ones as they uh, go through their teen years of 
maybe making better decisions for themselves. Obviously, if they're big decisions, they still lack a lot of knowledge about the world, you know, about how to open a bank account and things like that. So they still need help, obviously. Uh, but it's an interesting question for uh, us to consider about with kids, about uh, how the knowledge problem applies to, to kids about their own lives. Well, and can the, the thing about the knowledge problem is when we think about a problem, we think of things with solutions. My question would be, can the knowledge problem ever be solved? Is there an answer to it? And I don't think there is. There's been interesting hypotheses. In fact, I wrote one of them, but I kind of disagree with it now, that the hashtag helped solve the knowledge problem because you could go somewhere online. The hashtag is that it used to be called a pound sign when we were kids. Now it's a number sign or now it's a hashtag. Uh, so you could, you know, you can search for things on Twitter. That became a huge thing for social media where you could type in, you know, Tehran protests, for example, something that happened in 2008, and you could be directed to all the information in one spot. Now that is a very small, isolated example of some solutions, but but I don't believe that when Hayek wrote about this, that he thought there could be a solution because I think there's just simply too much information for any person or even a group of people to have enough information. I don't know what you think, but that, that's my thought anyway. Yeah. And I kind of think uh, what we've talked about before with like Frederick Bastiat with that, which is seen and that which is not seen, that even if you see all this information on, say, the Internet or social media in front of you about, you know, the Tehran protest or whatever it is, there's still so much more to the story. Right. There's still so many other perspectives and there's uh, other takes and other information from people who are experiencing that or whatever that that one person can't consume all that content one person can't know all the things about even one incident it, it just doesn't work and so you know that's why i think it's important for us to understand that knowledge is dispersed right everyone has little bits of, of knowledge about something that they've observed or experienced or learned or discovered and all that bits of knowledge you know it can be brought together uh, we can share it together on wikipedia right? Or we can uh, talk in an office conference room together or uh, in the school cafeteria or whatever it is. And we can, we can bring all those bits of knowledge together to have, you know, shared learning and, and, you know, an increase in knowledge because we're all kind of compiling that information. But to think that any one person can still know all that, even about one issue, let alone eight issues or 23 or everything, um, and yet there are people who attempt to act as if they have the knowledge or maybe they just don't care whether they have the knowledge or not. And they're, you know, I'm, I'm talking about like central planners who try and make decisions for other people's lives, people in government who try and control the economy and order people around. And, uh, you know, I think of the, the case uh, we talked a while back about the Texas governor uh, when COVID was at the, the height of. Uh, kind of at the beginning of everything. Is that Abbott? Is he the governor? Yeah, Abbott. Yeah. And so he issued the uh, shutdown order, right? Businesses are closed. And so then there was the woman who owned a salon. And uh, and so she decided to open anyway. So then she gets arrested, thrown in jail. And Governor Abbott was like, oh, I, I didn't intend for that to happen, right? Like, I didn't want anyone going to jail over this. And then he, he issued a, a new order that removed the jail time. But here's, you know, a politician who made an order, made, made an action, and he didn't apparently know, you know, that someone could be thrown in jail for this. He didn't know that someone would fight and resist the order. Um, people can't really be controlled like that. Everyone has their own little bits of knowledge. And, and that knowledge is often kind of uh, like molded, maybe is the word, okay. with like our own, with our own like bias and our own perspective. 
you know, you and I may kind of study the same facts. Think of like, you know, masks with COVID. There are people who study the data and they're like, okay, I don't need to wear a mask. You know, things are generally okay. And then the other, there are other people who read the same data and based on their perspective, uh, they're like, oh, everyone has to wear a mask. We need a mask mandate. And so even when we have the same bits of knowledge, they're totally different decisions as well. So I, I think the knowledge problem actually is, you know, compounded or made even worse when we're talking about people in the government trying to control others because they lack, you know, the knowledge about what other people are going to do or what should be done in that case. You remind me of a good word that I think would be important to define, and that's hubris. And that is, I think I said that right, uh, hubris, where it's like excessive pride mm-hmm. or self-confidence. And every time I think of the knowledge problem and I think of the the officials and the, you know, the government politicians who think that they know better, who think that they're going to outsmart, you know, thousands and thousands of years of, of the world proving otherwise, uh, they just have so much hubris, right? They have this belief that they, that somehow they're going to defy all this, that they're going to be, you know, smarter than everything else that has ever come before them. So I think that's really interesting to keep in mind. I think it's also important to keep in mind, you mentioned parents and kids in our own lives, right? I know one thing, there's a a psychologist, I guess you'd call him, but he's more than that, Jordan Peterson, who I love, who reminds people, not even just politicians, activists trying to control the economy. He gives advice to 18-year-olds and he says, you know, don't be fixing up the economy, 18-year-olds. You don't understand anything about the economy. It's a massive, complex machine beyond anyone's comprehension or understanding. And it kind of reminded me of activists. And we see a lot of people who who might think they know what's best for another person. And they don't because they, like you said, with the Abbott example, they just don't know somebody else's very unique uh, individual circumstances. They can't guess that. So it's important to remember that you don't have all the information. Yeah, and and, and that no one does, right? This is why plan central planning fails uh in the road to serfdom tuttle twins book you know we shared the uh, kind of a silly example of a road being built and these central planners wanted to build a road in a particular place but they could not contemplate they they could not foresee all of the different effects that would come as a result of building that road they didn't have that knowledge they could not uh foresee uh what would happen and so then, you know, Mr. Sanchez loses his farm and then the local dairy goes out of business and then all these homes go up for sale and then La Playa is shut down. There's all the, this trickle effect because someone tried to control other people based on limited information. This is why the economy has to be free. This is why free markets are important so that people can make decisions for their own lives. When someone else tries to make a decision for your life and when they lack information about you. So here we're kind of setting aside the parent example because parents typically have really <laughs> information about their kids. But if you know your next door neighbor comes over and says, hey, I've planned your summer camp for you and then I'm going to have you do these activities and then you're going to go do this, that and the other. You're going to be like, well, wait, what? You don't know me. You don't know what I want to do and I don't want to do that. And, and that's how it is with the government. Uh, you know, there's resistance. There's frustration. I think about even my experience with school growing up. That was that was kind of a planned economy in a sense, a planned process. And I was, you know, we talk about in the the education vacation book, uh, the the conveyor belt. You know, everyone kind of gets on there and they advance from you know first grade through uh, all the way through high school, and everyone you know has to do the same thing and be graded the same way and learn the same stuff, and um, you know, there's, there's resistance to that. I think there's problems with that because the school board 
or whoever it is deciding on, you know, what every student ought to learn, they don't know all the individual children. They don't know their interests, their challenges. So a lot of kids struggle, right? Some kids drop out. Some kids even commit suicide, tragically enough. Very like sad. There are, there are kids who really struggle with that process because a small group of people are trying to control the actions of many different people. It doesn't work. I mean, this is why we talk about in, in that book, Education Vacation, right? Like planting the seed, giving that seed the resources it needs to thrive. And, and it'll look different. Every plant, every seed, you know, is going to look different, going to grow differently. Uh, individuality is so important. And when we have a system that is planned for everyone, uh, the people in charge don't have all the knowledge of how that plan needs to look. And so they plan something very simple or clumsy or whatever. And that ends up not working for a lot of people. It ends up causing a lot of problems. So, so this is interesting, Brittany, to think about like how the knowledge problem applies not only to the, the economy, but, but even like especially to our own lives. What are, what's a, a final parting thought you'd like to share on the issue? Justin, I think I, I say this in every episode. As much as I can highlight when I can say like, oh, the government thinks that it knows what's best for me, I think it's also important to notice when you're doing the same thing, right? And I don't want to call it being bossy. That's a little bit different. But I know that sometimes, even on things I advocate for, I tend to forget that there are other people that might think differently and they might have very good reasons for having another perspective. So I think that's important to realize when we're doing this kind of stuff as well. And so the opposite, perhaps, uh, uh, the opposite word or the antonym, there's a fun word. That is a fun uh, word. There's synonyms, which are you know words uh, that are similar, and there's antonyms, which are opposite words. So the antonym or the opposite of hubris, I think, would be humility. Ooh, yep. Right. And so exactly what you were just talking about, Brittany, remembering that other people have their own, you know, perspectives and lives and and knowledge and you don't have knowledge about them. We need and, and I struggle with the same thing. I think we all do. We need to be humble enough to know that we don't know everything. We we don't know what's best for other people. We should kind of live and let live. Let other people, you know, live how they want to. And they should respect us all the same. So fun topic, good kind of takeaway, I think, for us to think about. Um, uh, thanks, as always, Brittany, for chatting. Guys, make sure you are subscribed, uh, tuttletwins.com slash podcast. Share it with a friend. And Brittany, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed. And check out tuttletwins.com for more awesome content.